webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people that I have met throughout my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. If you're loving our episodes so far, show us some love in the reviews and rate us five stars. Also, be sure to S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E. It would mean the world to us. All right, we've got another special guest this week, and I am so pumped to get right into it. Allie Drake is just entering her senior year at Drexel in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and she's simultaneously a year out of her ACL surgery from an injury that she endured on the first day of fall ball practice last year. She's absolutely crushed this journey back to the field, and she has a ton of inspiring words to say about the process in this episode. I hope if any of you are going through a difficult time that her words can help you through. Other than her inspiring comeback journey, Allie is involved with really unique studies at Drexel, truly enjoys being around teammates and friends, and tries to play the game we all love with joy and freedom. She also is the mastermind who designed and created the social media graphics you see on our Dream On Instagram. Throughout this conversation, we really get to know who Allie is and how she came to be the elusive lacrosse player and multi-layered successful person that she is today. I hope you enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dream On podcast. I'm your host, Kylie O'Miller, and today we have our second episode of the KO17 Athlete Season, which is actually season four of this podcast, which is crazy. Um, in my opinion, it was something we started as just Zoom conversations in, you know, the midst of COVID when everyone couldn't really connect in person and we got to do this over Zoom. So now that it's a podcast that you all listen to, thank you for sticking with us all the way into season four. Today, our special guest is Allie Drake. Um, she is one of our KO17 sponsored athletes. She plays lacrosse at Drexel. Um, she's an attacker. She's from Easton, Pennsylvania, and she played for Triple Threat, the club program in Pennsylvania. So um, I am very excited to have you here, Allie. We have a lot to chat about today, but first and foremost, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Awesome. All right. So we always like to start before we get into the lacrosse questions and really just kind of like your journey. I always like to get a feel for where you're at right now in this moment today, how your day is going, all that good stuff. So we're going off to a good start. So what is something that you are thankful for today, Allie? Ooh, I'd have to say the weather. It's been so nice out compared to last week. It was so gloomy and cold and I can't be happier with the weather, especially since it's October. Yeah, definitely. Is it, it's nice and warm there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I've been kind of like, it feels like mid July in the middle of October, but <laughs> um, for, for reference, it is um, Friday, October 6th at about 2 p.m. Um, that's what, that's where we're talking about our, our weather right now. What is something that, um, you're proud to say that you've accomplished so far today? Well, I did do one V ones for the first time again, since my ACL injury, um, which I was a little nervous for, um, but I'm really happy that I did it and it went fine. It went well. So, oh my gosh, I can't wait to dive into that. That's probably something that's been on your brain for months, right? That mm -hmm. particular drill. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. Um, but we will uh we'll definitely dive into that ACL process. I know a lot of our listeners um are going through something, whether it's ACL or some sort of injury. Um, we're gonna get a lot of inspiration from our friend Allie here today. Last but not least, though, what is something that you're pumped to go chase? It could be 
you know, the rest of today, this weekend could be in the coming months. What's something that you're pumped to chase? Yeah. So I'd just say like fall ball and really enjoying the moment with my team. Cause it could be my, like potentially my last year playing fall ball. So I'm excited for the tournaments we have. We have one coming up this weekend at Loyola. So it'll be my first tournament back. So definitely excited to start that journey as well. So exciting. We caught you in a very exciting time. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's so fun. Um, when do you leave for that tomorrow? Uh, I think we're heading up Sunday. It's not okay. too far from Philly, so shouldn't be that bad of a drive. Sweet. Well, um, are you playing just Loyola or are you playing a couple teams? We're playing Towson as well and Penn too. Very cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear about how that all goes, but um, I think you're going to crush it. We were just talking about that off air, but all right. So uh, where we're at now, um, we were just mentioning, right? Like this could potentially be your last year playing lacrosse at Drexel. Um, you are, you know, kind of coming off an ACL injury that happened last year. Um, so when it comes to like where you're at right now in the midst of your life, it's beginning of October. Tell us what, about what you've got going on lately. What does a typical day in your life look like? Yeah. So since fall ball kind of picked up, that's basically what's going on right now. But in terms of school, it's my senior year. So I have senior project. Um, I'm working on a team, with other people and we're working on developing an app for um the whole year so it's mainly focusing on that taking some electives going to practice lift having meetings trying to figure out um, what my next year looks like in terms of job search or if I want to stay and it's kind of like a whirlwind of things but having options is good right now for me so I'm just trying to enjoy the moments um, with my roommates because they're also seniors as well um, and just you know having a great fall oh that's awesome I mean all the unknowns right but they're really fun unknowns so um, that's that's really exciting can you talk a little bit about you mentioned how you and your team are kind of um, have a senior project right I think something that's different at Drexel compared to a lot of different universities is the way that you guys take classes and go into co-ops and do different things. So can you explain a little bit about for our listeners, if they don't know what academics look like at Drexel? Yeah, of course. So Drexel um, is a little bit different. We do trimesters instead of semesters um, and we start really late in the fall. So we start, we started like September 26th and we go until about June and so my major is called user experience and interaction design. So it has to do with a lot of design, developing um, websites or apps or just experiences in general. Um, and research has a big part of that too. So understanding like your users and the product that you're creating for them. So it's definitely really interesting. Um, and for co-op, we have um, a five-year plan at Drexel with three co-ops. Um, and after your freshman year, you'll have your co-op every spring, summer, and then you'll be interviewing for your co-op around the fall. So maybe like mid-October, you'll start applying for jobs in the Drexel database. They partner with a lot of companies, whether that's in the city, international, remote, really anywhere. Um, so you get granted for interviews. You do your interviews over the winter, and then sometime in January, you'll, fi you'll find out um, whether or not you have the job and then you start sometime in like the spring so like you're doing class from fall winter and then doing co-op spring summer 
Um, and it's kind of like a whole year round type thing. So we start our co-op right in the middle of our lacrosse season. So while other schools are done with school, maybe um, they've taken their finals for their last semester, we're going to practice, going to lift, and then we're going to our nine to five job. Um, and that'll last around um, up until September, up, to, up until the first day of school again. So it's definitely something to get adjusted to, but in the end, it really, it really helps um, your resume and your portfolio and kind of sets us up for success. And that's a reason why a lot of people um, come here to Drexel um, to get that experience out in their fields and kind of understand what they like and what they might not like when it comes to their careers and what they're doing. So that was kind of like a long spiel of it. <laughs> No, that was awesome. I think that's really important for people to know, um, you know, especially one, if like Drexel's on their list of schools that they're looking for, right? But also just like knowing that there's those kinds of options out there for your education. I think that's something that I didn't know until I got to chat with you, right? When you became a KO17 athlete. So I think it's really exciting. It's really interesting that you guys do it that way. Like you said, it's preparing you for quote unquote real world, right? After you're done with college and college lacrosse. So um, I think that's really, really great. Um, so can you talk a little bit, let's go back a couple years, just a couple years, um, <laughs> let's talk about your journey a little bit. So how you ended up at Drexel, where you, you know, kind of started originally. So you grew up in Easton in Pennsylvania. What mm -hmm. was your introduction to sports in general like, and then how did you get into lacrosse? Yeah. So I was always pretty athletic when I was younger. Both of my parents played sports. They did soccer. Um, so that was one of the first sports I started out doing. And I have a twin brother and an older sister, and we're kind of close in age. So we've always just grown up um, playing sports together, and that's kind of just how it went. So I did, like, soccer, softball, swim, cheering. I was a big cheerleader for a couple of years until I probably got into middle school. And that's when my sister wanted to join the lacrosse team in eighth grade, and I was in fifth grade, and all of my friends were doing it. And I was like, well, I want to do it, too. Um, so that's kind of where I was introduced to the sport. Um, and I ended up really enjoying kind of the competitive nature of it, being able to work together um, and the high paced nature of it. Um, I wasn't very good at first, but I thought, you know, it's hard to like adapt to at first. It's hard to learn. Um, but I saw that as a challenge and I enjoy challenges and taking them on. So that's kind of where I immediately um, fell in love with it. And then I think I had to decide whether or not to play lacrosse or soccer. So I was playing club soccer and it was just too much at one point. So I think right around high school, I decided to just pursue lacrosse. Um, I felt like I had potential to grow if I had the right coach or if I had, um, the right facilities or just the right people around me that had the same growth mindset as me. And I really enjoyed that aspect. So I think that's when I started playing club, maybe my sophomore year of high school. Um, so I was a little late to the game, but um, playing club kind of allowed me to see what else was out there in terms of skill and lacrosse and other hot spots. And I think that kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, like there's so much potential to grow here um, and play with other people who are so skilled. So um, I kind of just took that and ran with it. That's awesome. I think you mentioned something that um, kind of comes up a lot often when it comes to talking to younger players or younger parents, right? And that was that you didn't get into club lacrosse until your sophomore year of high school, right? 
I'm sure you get asked about this all the time, but if there's someone listening out there that has questions about that, like, oh, is that too late? Is it, um, you know, what would your advice be for someone who might be in a similar situation where they're just starting to fall in love with lacrosse and they feel as if it's too late, quote unquote, for the curve, right? Um, and for everything. Yeah, I really don't think it's ever too late. Like, if you love what you're doing and it brings you joy, I don't think that should stop you from seeing what you can do um, and challenging yourself. Um, but a big part of that comes with like not comparing yourself to other people or their experience. And I think that's where I kind of faltered because I would worry so much about that. Um, it would get in the way with my play. So just embracing yourself um, and your love for the sport and how you play um, will take you farther than having that experience. I love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Love that. <laughs> um, all right. So you played for what used to be called Triple Threat. Um, what did your time playing club, other than what you mentioned, right? You mentioned a little bit about how it kind of exposed you to other talents and what the lacrosse world was generally like in high school. Um, what did it kind of like help you learn when it came to maybe the recruiting process mm. um, as you came through? Yeah. So I kind of went into like club lacrosse. I didn't think, I didn't know there was much beyond that. Like I knew there was college sports, but I didn't really know like the intricacies to it and like the steps you had to take um, if you wanted to go to a specific place. So it was kind of like all news to me. And I think me and my dad kind of like, he did a lot of the work for me, just like asking me what I want to do. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that these were options for me. Like, oh, I can get like, get my scholarship to like play somewhere. Like that's crazy. So um, I think our club did a really good job at kind of like showing us the options that we've had and how to like communicate with coaches um, and what to expect in the recruiting process. And like during that time, I wasn't like solely set on playing lacrosse. Like I knew that I that it would be nice in my future, but I don't think I was like as headstrong in it. Like I just didn't really I, I don't know if I was even like aware like, I was just like, oh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, I really like it. Like, but I'm not going to like base my whole life or like energy off of it. Um, because I was just worried about like having fun um, and playing with my friends. Um, but then as like the, when, once I got, um, you know, during high school, I was like a junior, maybe that's when I was like, okay, no, this is definitely something that I don't want to leave behind in my life. So just like, having a relationship with my co club coaches or the director there, I think that was something that I learned so that they could help you talk through options, um, how to communicate, give you tips and tricks. Um, I think that was like definitely a big part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have, um, I guess this is kind of like a double-edged sword question, but do you have any advice for someone that might be going through the recruiting process right now? Like what are some things that you feel like from your process that you took away that you would definitely give to someone right now if they were asking about like, okay, what's, what are some of the most important things you remember? Should I have an open mind? All these things. Yeah. I think having an open mind is definitely like the biggest thing. And also just like not losing hope um, in your process. If things don't go the way that you expected them to, or like a school that you really wanted to go to, they're not necessarily interested I don't think I wasn't expecting any calls on September 1st. I don't even think that was like the thing back then. Um, but just keeping your options open and like going to the school based off of the school itself. Like when I went and visited schools, 
I would be like, okay, can I envision myself here if I got injured <laughs> or which is like funny because um, I did. <laughs> but like, would I be still, would I still be happy here? And just like also not letting any external factors kind of push you into some sort of decision. Like, oh, wow, this school is like really, really good, but I'm, I might not even like see the field or like my parents want me to go here or like all of my friends are committing to like top B1 schools. Like I need to do that too. Like it's really about your relationship with the school itself, what you think of the coaches um, and how you can see yourself grow. I think that's the really, like that's the key thing that matters. Um, especially like if you could see yourself there not playing or like visiting and talking to the current players and seeing what their experience is like and getting a little piece of that like team culture I think that's what immediately drew me into Drexel is just like having the team introduce themselves and learning about their experience is also like a big part of it too. Hey guys, Kylie here. A short break from our conversation to remind you to check in on our social channels. You can find little snippets from our episodes on Instagram at, at dream.on underscore pod. And if you're a lacrosse stud looking for a unique way to train and develop into the best version of yourself, like our guest here most definitely has, check out the KO17 Lacrosse app in the App Store. That's KO17 Lacrosse. And at D-R-E-A-M period O-N underscore P-O-D on Instagram. Come join the fam and we can keep dreaming on together. Okay, enough of that. We back. The other part of that question was, how did you know Drexel was your spot? Mm -hmm. I think at Drexel, like, first, like, the campus, like, I didn't want to go to a school that was, like, in the middle of nowhere, um, Drexel is pretty close to where I'm originally from. So it's only about like an hour and a half away. I also like wanted more for myself. I wanted to explore the city. We're right in the city of Philadelphia. You can really do anything you could imagine down here, um, and experience like new things compared to like the suburban life where I'm from. Um, and also just immediately meeting the players and the respect everyone had for one another and the camaraderie and like everyone was there for a purpose bigger than themselves they knew how to enjoy life have fun but also like knew how to work hard we all like came from different places too like we're all go-getters nothing was really handed to any of us and I think that part of it just brings so much more motivation into the way you play and the way you view the sport especially being here so um, hearing their experiences kind of really just drew me in and I knew that that was the place for me also the co-op program was pretty nice <laughs> <laughs> I love it all of it right like those are and as you mentioned in your recruiting advice right like those are all questions you want to be asking not only like the coaching staff but also yourself as you go through and check out schools right like where can I ultimately fully wholeheartedly see myself grow on and off the lacrosse field so um, you had some awesome awesome advice there. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get into some setbacks and successes. All right. I know one comes to the top of my, our mind. You decided to just copy me and Terry ACL <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah, it was like so fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I want to talk about some of your successes first. So number one, let's just say it how it is. You're back on the field playing. That's your, that's a huge, huge success. So I'm going to check that off for you. Um, but what are some other successes like heading into maybe they're from high school, maybe they're from earlier in your Drexel career. Um, what are those successes that you're really, really most proud of? Yeah, I think overall kind of like a big picture perspective of it is just like how much I've grown throughout these past five years. Um, I was kind of merging into like a whole new world. It is a different level, like playing D1 lacrosse. And I didn't, I guess I didn't know what to expect. Um, but not giving up and kind of just taking my weaknesses and working on them to a point where I'm not even worried about it anymore at this point. Um, and I think that experience has like shaped me into the person I am today. And also just like the opportunity to learn from other people that were in your shoes before you. So like learning from my past teammates, um, that also really shaped me. And I, I'm proud of that as well. And then I guess one of that kind of relates to like the growth of our program in general at Drexel. Um, we were kind of a team that no one really knew anything about. We definitely weren't necessarily on the map. We had losing records. Um, and prior to being here, we kind of shifted that into like a winning mindset. Our records were rising. Um, we were breaking records, creating history. We went to the CAA tournament. Um, we won the CAA tournament for the first time in program history my junior year. Can you tell uh, us about that ending of that game a little oh bit? Oh, man. <laughs> that was, no. uh, it was kind of a crazy <laughs> ending. We played Towson, um, and we were at home, which is crazy, um, because we never would have expected to play a tournament at our home. Um, so, yeah, we, it was, we were winning by a lot and then somehow we weren't and then we were tied and then we went into overtime and then we were man up and then all of a sudden I got a feed from one of my players that just feeds the ball like she can feed it to anyone anytime anywhere so I was just like my stick was up and I got it and we shot I shot and we scored and it was just like a surreal moment like being able to change the change the history of our program but also like playing for the people that maybe didn't get that opportunity maybe because it was COVID um, and just having people on the team that were a part of that losing record just be able to like have this moment I think that was like one of my best memories um, ever playing oh, here. Awesome. Sorry to make you tell the story but I had to tell the people. <laughs> okay. I love I that. Shot, I like shot stick side high too and like Guido never like I never heard the end of it from her. She was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I don't know. It went in. It went in. Yeah, I was like, it went in. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. But such a, such a fun story. And like you said, like, I love how you tied in a lot of the history and a lot of the reasons and the culture behind what's going on inside your locker room. Right. I feel like there's different stories to that everywhere you go, every program. Um, so I guess kind of like a follow-up question to that is when you think about your program, when you think about the Drexel team, what are some like traditions or fun things that you guys have going on in your locker rooms? Maybe it's on bus rides. Um, when you, I guess, leave Drexel lacrosse, like you're going to look back at these memories or these traditions and be like, yeah, that's what we used to do before games or those kinds of fun things. Oh my gosh. Well, that's such a good question. I'm like blanking, but I know like just one of them is like just I'm sure it's the same across the board with other teams. It's just like that pregame locker room 
kind of like chaos our locker room is like pretty tiny so we're all right there and we see everything and um each each game we have people speak um and you can kind of decide on like a grade to speak or like you could sign up yourself and if you want to say something about the game um so just being able to be with everyone and hearing um them speak about you know where we've been and what we're trying to accomplish during that game or just throughout the year um I think that that's the part that sticks with you because all of those feelings kind of emerge um you're a little nervous before the game or you you want to make um you want to make yourself known as a team and it's just like those moments I definitely won't forget and then when the second the speech is over and then like the speaker turns on and it's like some dumb song it's like so fun it's just like let that let those nerves out let it all out with your team um dance a little and then kind of lock yourself back in um for when you go out on the field as something that you know sticks with you absolutely I love that um I really like that idea of having someone speak too right so that it's not always the same voices like I think that's really special um really really cool see I learned something new every every time I ask that question I love that because obviously like cool part is you've only ever been in a Drexel locker room right so you would never know what it's like in a Stony Brook locker room and vice versa so I'm asking that question because I think it's really cool um just to see how other teams like operate and get each other fired up right um so really really cool thanks for sharing that all right so um as mentioned right you're back on the field take us back what a year ago how far out of of surgery I'm almost at 12 months so I I think I have like two weeks until I'm at 12 months um and I keep getting like memories in my snapchat or like (laughs) I'm like camera roll I'm like oh my god I was at my lowest low at this point in time and I'm sure that like you went through the same thing as well Mm -hmm. um so yeah I got hurt like the second day of practice so I was like, oh, I, I like didn't even get to like see what I could do this year. Like I, I worked hard over the summer. I had a great prior year. Like I was just so ready um, to make another impact this year, hopefully. Um, but then like that didn't work out. Um, and I was the reason why I mentioned I did one V ones today was that I hurt. I tore my ACL doing a one on one and I was dodging the crease, got hit, landed weird. It all exploded. Um and I was like, I think that moment, like I was looking up at the sky and I was like, oh my God, like I, I knew it. I knew something was wrong. And I was more upset over that than the pain itself. Um, all my teammates were like, no, you're fine. You're fine. And then like, when I found out that I tore my ACL, they were like, yeah, like we heard the like snap from like 30 yards away. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I wasn't even like expecting that because my MCL, like I, almost tore my MCL too. And I was like, that hurt me more than my ACL. So, and it didn't help. Um, we had like a fall ball tournament that weekend. So like Drexel's weird too. Cause we always have like a fall ball tournament the first week of practice. So we only really have four practices. Okay. So then I had to go watch fall ball and I was like, dang, okay. I was always excited for this particular tournament. Mm-hmm. I was like, in a, I was in crutches and like a knee brace and I was like oh my god like this is the worst um so, so talk to us a little bit about like I think we got you know a rich original like feelings right then and there then when does it kind of click like okay I'm gonna lock in here like I'm gonna make this happen yeah so it took me probably like about a month like mm-hmm. pre-surgery it's just like 
you have to do prehab and stuff and it's like oh my god it's like most of the feelings you have are just like anger and like you're pissed off and you're upset and you're like why me um and you you have to you have to try to like heal yourself before getting surgery and being like like hurt again like not being able to move and stuff so it's like oh this is just so stupid um but as surgery was approaching you know I was like okay I'm just excited to like get over this hump um and start from day one and like work and then I had surgery and I was like oh my god this sucks like this is not the case like I was in bed for like days I was in so much pain I ran out of like pain meds um my mom and my boyfriend like forced me out of my bed to like walk down my driveway in crutches and then you have the whole like machine that bends your knee and it's like there you feel very vulnerable and you feel very alone um and you just want the pain to stop but then like after a week or so it's just like okay now I'm in control of like what I can do um and I'm in control of like how much work I put in I mean I think that's where I started mentally um you know getting a grip and being like well no one's gonna do it for you so you you have to do it yourself um and you know obviously I'm sure you've experienced days where you're not making the same progress you were maybe last week or you're just not feeling great and you're just reminded of like what you're missing out on it's very lonely all of my classmates were together and like my teammates were together but I had to go to PT where I had to go to a doctor's appointment and miss out on like life with them um and the joy that is like hanging out with your friends all the time um but yeah it's lonely and you realize like no one's gonna do it for you so you have to go and get it and if you can kind of build on your goals short little goals like week by week like I want to get this much degree flexion better or like I want to be able to do like a leg lift or um single leg like I don't even know it's like PTSD yeah I remember chatting with you early on because you're basically like a month and a half after me right Mm -hmm. almost two months after me so I wasn't too far ahead of you in the process and we would always kind of chat back and forth and um I think what was cool about it that you just said is like those week by week goals. Um, I think that's important for like any big long-term goal, but especially for this one, Um, just because like what was cool, at least for me in the journey was seeing those week by week, like, like you said, lifting your leg or like bending your knee, like really simple things in the beginning turned into, you know, five, six months out. Okay. Today I can jog 10 yards Mm -hmm. and then next week I'm running hundred yard sprint, you know what I mean? And then the next yeah. week you know, it started to kind of like amp up to faster goals, if that makes sense, week by week. So like keeping that mindset, I know we talked about it a lot, but that week by week mindset, those little goals that you could just like take the entire week to chase and then be like, okay, I checked it off or, Hey, maybe I didn't, maybe I can take another week and do it. You know what I mean? Um, I think it was really helpful for me. I don't know if you felt the same or if there were other things that you kind of wanted to tap into as you were going through. Yeah, I feel like that was really important, especially in the like first few months, because everything feels so stagnant. And it's like, the biggest thing is gaining that strength back. And that takes a while. So it really doesn't feel like you're really progressing. Um, because you're, you're you feel fine, but you really can't, you still can't do a lot of things. So yeah, 
making those little goals for yourselves. And if like things weren't going well, like not comparing myself to others, like, or where they were at in their journeys, because um, also like finding people that were going through the same thing as me. Like, so you, for example, I think I texted you like the first thing I like when I found out, I like immediately texted you because I was like, she's the only one that's going to understand how I'm feeling. Um, so that's helpful. But like, um, I was really late in terms of like when I started running, I don't even think I started running until like eight months because my quad strength was so weak. Um, and I consider myself like a very strong person. So going into it, I was like, oh, I'm going to kill this. Like I'm, I'm strong. Like I'm going to be able to like get back up real fast, but that wasn't the case. So like learning about yourself and giving yourself grace and knowing when to reset after a week, when you didn't progress the way you wanted to and not letting your emotions build up. I think letting it all out, um, crying, venting to somebody, it's like, that's honestly how I got through a lot of those tough weeks and just learning to reset on Monday and be like, okay, like we're fine. Like it's not the end of the world. We'll get there. Yeah. I love it. I think what you said the best so far is like, no one's going to do it for you. Right. It's, it's literally your body, you know, like the surgeon can fix the ligament, but then like, it's all on you. And I think, um, that's really cool to just like, hear you talk about the story back and just kind of like, now that you're at this point, right. Um, it's kind of cool to like, look back on it and be like, wow, I did get through some really dark, low times, but I did that for me. And you know, like, I did it. So like, first of all, let's pat yourself on the back, please. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, but now I like last question about like this stuff. Cause I do think it's really important. Unfortunately, we see so many of these injuries in our sport. Right. So I know that there's a lot of people listening and getting a lot of really great insight from you right now. Um, but there is other things to you. So we're going to get to that in a second. What are you feeling right now? We were just talking about this a little bit off air, almost 12 months out. You're starting to do one-on-ones. You're starting to head back into like real games and stuff like that. Where is your head space at? And physically, how do you feel? And how did those two things kind of like combine? Yeah. So I guess what one word, like a positive one, because it's like not always going to be positive thoughts that like creep into my brain while I'm playing especially like coming back from something like this, but like, I'm just grateful. And just like remembering like those times where I couldn't even move. And like, I would do anything to like, even if I'm conditioning, even if I'm doing a really hard drill, like it's like, I would do anything to do like a 300 um, six months ago compared to now. So just like remembering that and learning like not to be so hard on myself um, during those tough moments, just like being grateful for that. Um, and just knowing like when I'm physically not feeling it, that like, it's going to happen. Um, and to not like base my worth, like based off of, um, how I'm playing at that specific moment, especially if I'm not my hundred percent best, um, just not getting caught up in that because it is like really a part of it is like a mental game. The edge pro plus is the latest complete stick from Brian lacrosse featuring thermalock and resin designed to perform in all temperatures, and iso-warp mesh to help drive the ball right into the sweet spot. Paired with our lightest Edge Pro carbon handle, this stick is guaranteed to help you find your edge over the competition. Check with your local retailer online or in-store to find Brine products. I love it. Um, you, We talked about this off-air, but I think it's you know, been a lot of similarities and you have been able to explain some things that I haven't even been able to physically explain about my own journey. Um, so like you said before, 
Um, if there is anyone out there that's going through this or even a different injury, find someone, you know, in your circle that can kind of relate, um, and can kind of be there for you as just like a sounding board, right? Does this supposed to feel like this or, you know, things like that, um, I think is really, really helpful because if you have someone around you that can understand what you're going through, sometimes it helps you feel like your circle gets bigger. Um, we're going to end that ACL talk on that because I'm pumped for you. <laughs> you're back, baby. And yeah. we're so excited to see Allie Drake back on the field with Drexel this year. Um, yeah, so, so excited. So, um, and you did that. Remember that. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about your values. We talked a little bit there about some of the things that, um, you know, you're valuing in your own journey right now as a, as a player. Um, but we're going to kind of go through like some quick rapid fire kind of phrases or one word answers. Um, so what are some of the things that you value most as a person? Um, I would have to say friendship is definitely huge. Um, effort, the amount of effort you put in um, is something that you can control and just learning, um, learning from other people, whether that's in your sport, at school, or like professionally, um, there's always room to learn. Oh, I love that. I love that friendship. That's a great one. Okay. What are some of the things you value the most in a teammate? Um, definitely trust. Um, that's a huge thing. Connection. Um, just being able to like work off each other and know each other's strengths and respect, having respect for one another, um, is huge. Yeah. I love that. Really great words. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Last one we're going to talk about, what are some of the things that you value most in a leader? So maybe the things that you try to, you know, put out in the world as a leader yourself, or even if you're following someone, um, what do you try, what do you value the most in a leader? Yeah, I would say communication is huge. I think that kind of goes into like a teammate aspect too. Like that's a huge part of lacrosse um, and how you communicate with others. I'd say like leading by example um, is a big one too, especially if you are like a leader on your team and there's younger people that are trying to learn from you um that's a big one and then understanding like being understanding of people and what they're going through whether that's on or off the field um and being able to connect with those people through that love it oh man you're good at that game we're gonna have to do that again <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we like to also ask this question to all of our guests this is kind of like a advice or inspiration like flip-sided question. So the first piece of the question um, is what is some, like maybe one piece of advice or one quote or one, something like that, that you've taken into life from maybe a mentor or a coach or a parent or someone, a special person in your life? Yeah. I think a lot of it has to come down to like not being so hard on myself. I think that takes a lot of the joy away from the game itself and just like your life in general, especially at this age. Um, and I found myself getting so caught up in self-comparison when I first got here and like doubt that I could make it to this level and play with these people that it took away from those moments that I found true joy in. Um, so not being hard on yourself and knowing how to get out of that headspace when you're feeling that um, is something that you can ask your teammates help with or like be like hey I need you to pull me up here like I need you to get me through this practice or um, just recognizing your thoughts and feelings um, because when you're playing you're not expressing like feeling those thoughts or negative emotions like it's so fun the sport is so fun 
Um, so just loving the sport and not letting those negative thoughts get in the way. Um, I think that's a big one for me. Oh, I love it. Okay. We're going to flip the script here. If I'm someone who's following you and your journey, and I'm looking up to you as a role model, what is something you're hoping that I get just from, by following you as example? Ooh, um, that's a good one. I'd say like, I hope that people can take some of my strength with them um, through my actions, like being here. And I also think like communication is huge. Like being able to like have fun with someone on the field, but also like know when it's time to lock it in and um, setting people up for success. I think it's a big one too. This is a good question. Yeah. Uh, and just like, putting your best foot forward, like working hard, no matter what rep it is, no matter what drill you're doing. I think that that's the biggest thing that you can control. And I say it all the time in our like attack huddles is like, that's what you can control your like communication and your effort, um, no matter how, how bad the play went or like, if you messed up or dropped the ball, I think that's the biggest thing too. And just like, don't lose sight of that. Um, even if you're making mistakes along the way. Love it. I think we can definitely take that from you. Um, and we definitely will move forward. All right. Where do you, we're talking a little bit about the future now, where do you hope to see our sport in five years, 10 years? What are some things that you like just absolutely love about the game that you want to make sure that we elevate or maybe some things you want to change? Where do you hope to see women's lacrosse in the future? Yeah, I feel like as I've, 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 as I've gone through the years at college, like I've just seen this younger generation of lacrosse players, like their skill and their attention to detail and like their effort that they put in. I know there's so many things out there and so many resources for them nowadays, like camps and clinics and training and stuff like that. And I think like there's just like an unbelievable amount of talent in our younger generations. And I hope they can aspire like the new way of playing lacrosse and that it's just like it's creative and it's fluid um, and you're working together and you're solving problems together. And I think that I love seeing that shine in moments where sometimes it can be robotic with, you know, all the systems that you have to do, all the plays um, and just letting that creativity and skill shine through. I'm excited to see um, as I graduate and move on with my life, which is sad, but hopefully I still have lacrosse a big part of it. Um, and then I just want like, the women's game to be on the same playing field as men so like whether that's broadcasting on ESPN or something like that just like having the attendance I know it's gotten a lot better but I need more of it like I need women in the same space as men and the same respect as men um, because women's lacrosse has to do an awfully large amount with skill um, and finesse um, and I think that's like a really hard thing to do um, at uh, at that level so yeah love it awesome okay well what's next in the future for Allie what are you dreaming about these days well, what are you thinking about what is the future for Allie looking like I just hope to like continue doing what I'm enjoy, like do what I love and enjoy the process whether that's like mid-season slumps or just not really sure about where my future is going or my career is going just like enjoying that process of like having those options and like being around these people that are going through the same things as you. And like I said, kind of prior, just like not taking anything for granted um, because I'm out on the other side, I'd like to say. 
Um, so just not letting like itself get back to those points or like um, just really enjoying every moment and being appreciative of the people around me or where I've gotten. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Awesome advice. You've like given me so much that I can just <laughs> great advice. I love, love it. it. <laughs> Um, okay. We like to finish with a fun little segment called quick finishes. So kind of like, you know, right and tight, low quick finish. Okay. Uh All right. They're supposed to be rapid fire questions. Some guests take like two minutes to answer each question. (laughs) It's totally okay. Do whatever you need. Um, all right. You ready? We're just going to get to know. All right. What's your favorite candy? Definitely sour patch kids. Nice. Um, what's the best TV show in your opinion? That's such a hard question, but I really liked Game of Thrones. Oh, good one. Um, what is one of your favorite or who is one of your favorite athletes to follow for inspiration? Well, currently probably Jalen Hurts because he's just so like cool, calm and collected when amidst like all the chaos and the fans. And it's like, I wish I could be like that and go birds, obviously. I was going to say, you're such a Philly girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what is your go-to breakfast meal? Ooh, sausage, egg and cheese. On a croissant. On a croissant. Nice. (laughs) Okay. Starbucks or Dunkin'? Starbucks. I'm a Starbucks girl. Okay. What's your order? I am so basic. I get like a cold brew, like regular cold brew with like regular cream and like maybe like a shot of espresso if I need it. Like I am not like, I don't venture out because I know what I like. And if I order something fancy and I don't like it, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. And it's so expensive. So like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you can't waste your money on on just testing something out. They should do like test cup sizes. Ah, sample like, size. Yeah, sample sample sizes and like <laughs> like a dollar just so you can try it. I'll sample the whole menu. Right? We just came up with a new idea for Starbucks. <laughs> Hope they don't steal it. Okay. Are you a beach girl or a mountains girl? Definitely beach, even though I don't tan easily. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, all right, favorite jersey number to rep and why? This one's weird. I've had so many jersey numbers throughout my life and they kind of like never really had meaning. Um, but my soccer jersey in high school was 10 for Messi. So like I'm repping Messi all the way. I love it. Awesome. I mean, it's a great person to rep right now. <laughs> always. So <laughs> all right. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Oh, morning person. I'm in bed by like eight o'clock and all of my like for school, like all of my senior project teammates know that. So like, they're not contacting me that late. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm no, I'm in bed. Phones on do not disturb at 8 PM. Love it. (laughs) Good for you. How early do you wake up in the morning? Um, five or six. We have a lot of morning practices. Um, so yeah, I'm used to it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Last but not least, what is one thing on your bucket list? Ooh, so I want to travel. I haven't really even like left the U.S. except for Puerto Rico or like Canada. And that really doesn't count. That's kind of sad. Um, I want to go to like Europe and I am going to Europe. I'm going to Prague um, during winter break for an intensive course study abroad with my teammates. And I cannot wait. That's awesome. How long are you going to be there for? I think about like a week. So and it's yeah. this winter break. Yes, this winter right. break. Awesome. Wait, that's yeah. so cool. It's on your bucket list and you're going to get to get there in the next couple months. That is so I know. cool. How exciting. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners? I think you did a fantastic job today. We got so much good insight from you, but any last words of wisdom that we didn't touch on? Thank you. Um, 
I just hope that like you learn something today, if anything. Um, and just to not give up on what you love. I think that's a big thing. And yeah, just find joy in the little moments. Yeah. I love that. You did say the word joy a lot on this episode. And, <laughs> I think I did, yeah. But it's it's good. Not a lot in like a you said it too much and a lot a lot in like we can tell that that's one of your core values. Um, and I think that's really, really something that stands out about you and something that I love about working with you and having you as part of this KO17 team. Um, so yeah, thank you for being you, not only here today, but always. Um, super proud of you for being back out on the field. I know what that takes, right? And I know you've been day in and day out working at that. Um, and thank you so much for sharing all your words of wisdom with our listeners here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Um, and it's always a pleasure talking to you and just like hearing your perspectives of everything because we can kind of bond over our experiences, oh, yeah. which, which is great, I guess. Always, <laughs> always, always. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys play with joy, um, have lots of joy and make sure you find your people. That's what I took a, a lot of from Ellie today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Dream On Podcast. Bye guys.